This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back for another episode. Last week, we had the opportunity to talk about salary advancement, which is a little taboo, but it was so fun to kind of dive into that and talk about different ways to advance your salary and advocate for yourself. So if you haven't had a chance to take a listen to that, stop, go listen, and then come back. And today we are talking about books for SLPs to read, um, mostly for leisure, to be honest, but there's some that are a little bit more informative and maybe a little um, more on the nonfiction side versus fiction. But I think we're mostly talking about fiction books today. And this was actually inspired from Rachel and she'll explain why, but I love this idea and you guys will have a very long list of books to have on your book list, which is great because I'm always looking for books to read, especially that pertain to speech and language or kind of go along with the disorder areas I'm treating. Definitely. So um, Claire and I were just talking before we started this podcast and I was having difficulty remembering exactly where I saw this post, but I think I remember I am in a ton of SLP groups on Facebook, one of which is specifically for school-based SLPs where people like swap ideas or run questions by each other. And someone had posted on there looking for book recommendations to read at their leisure. So not books that are like filled with norms and statistics and stuff like that, like Claire said, more fiction-based, but that can still tie into our profession somehow. So we're going to throw a ton of books at you um, with names and authors. We have not read all of these. I wish we could say we did. There are a lot of good ones in here. So we're just going to kind of go through the list. And as you guys are listening, if you think of a book that you would totally add to this list, please DM us so we can share it because the more the merrier, because this is already a very impressive list. So the first section that we're gonna start with, um, I guess the like subject would be addressing race and ethnicity and or socioeconomic status. So um, all of these books kind of pertain to that. The first one is White Fragility by Robert D'Angelo. Um, and there are t- 
tons of people recommending this book um, in my personal life. I had actually heard about it long before I found this post. And basically it covers why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism, super important. The next one is The Culture of Poverty. The one after that is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. And I know this was made into a movie, I'm pretty sure. I think so, that sounds right, yeah. Um, a lot then, of books are made into movies nowadays, though. I, I like know. every book is. And I always recommend reading the book first. Me too. Mm-hmm. Books are always better. Yeah, agreed. Always. Um, the next is Teaching with Poverty in Mind by Eric Jensen. I actually had to read this for um, a book study that our school staff did as a whole. And it talks about what being poor does to kids' brains and what schools can do about it. Super interesting. The next one is Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria by Beverly Daniel Tatum. This was actually just recommended to me from um, or by my assistant principal. She said it's a fantastic read. The next is A Framework for Understanding Poverty and Emotional Poverty by Ruby Payne. And the last one is Evicted by Matthew Desmond. And that kind of talks about poverty and profit in the American city. It follows eight different families in Milwaukee as they all struggle to keep a roof over their heads and kind of shines a light in all of their different stories. I think these are so important. Even if you just pick one, pick one and work your way through it. Um, I think it's so important that we make sure that we're reading these types of books to educate ourselves so that we can do better. Cause that's kind of all that this year has surrounded upon. Right. Um, yeah, I have, I'm sorry. I have one more okay. to add that wasn't on my list, but I actually saw him, the author speak at a conference down in Atlanta and it's called for white folks who teach in the hood and the rest of y'all too. And it's by Christopher, Edmund. And that is a really, really good read. I highly recommend that depending on, not even depending on what setting you're in, um, in a school, because it's very eye-opening regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one that I wanted to add kind of just to the list of making sure that we're informed and being aware of differences and aware of, um, you know, what other people are going through is this is how it always is. And if you guys haven't read this book, you need to, this was my first book of 2021. And it actually was recommended a couple of times. I posted something on my story with like book recommendations. And this one was recommended the most. Um, but it's about a child that is born a boy with boy parts, but from the time he learns to talk, like literally from when he's little, I shouldn't say he, I'm sorry. She wants to go by she, and that is her pronoun. And this is truly, again, from the time that she talks, she wants to be referred to from that pronoun of she, and she wants to, um, be considered a girl. And that's just kind of how her life pans out. So it's just so interesting because it goes, it toggles between the perspectives of the individual, the girl that's going through this. And then it also goes into the perspective of the mom and the dad and then the Mm. brother. So like the family's perspective going through this as well. Um, So it's just so interesting. And I think it's so important because it is so relevant again to 
how we need to be so much more accepting and how we really need to have a look into what some of these individuals are going through. So I just thought it was so good. And it, I read it within like a couple of days. It was awesome. I haven't even heard of that. Pick it up. It's an orange. It's orange. I remember it being orange. It's like bright orange and has like a peach or something on it, but this is how it always is. It's great. Love it. Um, the next, uh, kind of section we wanted to look over was neurodiversity. So there's a couple here that were recommended, um, in the group. And the first one is differently wired by Deborah Reber, rubber. And this is about raising an exceptional child in a conventional world. So it touches on the parent's journey with raising a neurodivergent child and the author's son has ADHD and Asperger's. And I think that's a really great, um, book or group of books to look out for is books that are written by parents of these children. And there's a lot out there actually that the parents write their stories. And those are some really good things to look out for. The next is the whole brain child by Daniel Siegel. And this is all about executive functioning, um, how our brains are just wired differently. And I worked my way through this book after I went to, um, a social language conference, uh, Maria Garcia winner highly recommends it with her social language um, curriculum that she talks about. And it's just amazing to read. It just puts it into completely different perspective, right? Because you're basically having to think about thinking and it's such a abstract concept and it's just so, it's so interesting and it puts in different perspectives that you would never even think of. So highly recommend that. Um, I actually just told Rachel, I want to pick it back up and read it again because I read it a few years ago and I can't specifically remember like all that it talked about. I just remember being so moved and influenced by it. So definitely a good one. I have it. I have not read it cover to cover yet, but I have, um, that's like one of the books that I pick up if I like can yes. spare a couple pages or chapters and it's very engaged. It's so it interesting. And I think that's the kind of book it is too. I'm not sure I could sit down and read the whole thing mm-hmm. because it isn't, it isn't fiction. It's very much so informative. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's really good to have on hand. It's a good book to have on your bookshelf. Another one is Neuro Tribes by Steve Silverman. This is about the legacy of autism and the future of neurodiversity, which again is very important right now. Um, the next is Uniquely Human by Barry Present. And this is about a different way of seeing autism, again, very relevant. And so um, it talks about instead of classifying autistic behaviors as signs of pathology or disorder, He sees them as strategies to cope with a world that feels chaotic and overwhelming. So I think we saw a huge push to this. We talked about this a lot in our autism resources episode as well. Um, but this is, sounds like an awesome book. I have not read it, but it, it sounds like it would be really informative. I know the description itself, uh, makes it sound like a very interesting take on, you know, how to classify those behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, the last one is Far From the Tree for Neurodiversity, Far From the Tree by Andrew Solomon. And this writes about families coping with deafness, dwarfism, um, ASD, schizophrenia, multiple other severe disabilities. And it talks about just the different experiences of these different disorder areas, but also the experience of how the experiences of each family are universal and how love triumphs over prejudice, which I think is such a cool description too. And that sounds really moving. Mm -hmm. And then, um, 
the last one I wanted to talk about kind of pertaining more to neurodiversity and ASD is Look Me in the Eye by John Elder Robison. This is more specific to autism as opposed to all neurodivergent individuals, um, but it's a firsthand experience of an adult who grew up knowing he was different, but then not really understanding why and how he kind of grew in the journey that um, he had learning about Asperger's and his life and how that created his life and, um, kind of defined who he was. So, um, it's really good. I read this one a while ago too. And I remember loving it. I just, some, I feel like sometimes I read books and I know I loved them, but then I can't specifically remember why. Remember why. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I remember feeling very moved by this one as well. That's way better than reading a book and like, um, I don't remember a single thing that happens in that, or I know it wasn't good. Just don't read it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. The next books that we're going to give you, um, are kind of all over the place. We couldn't really put them into one category. So we're just going to throw a ton of titles and authors and descriptions at you, write them down. If you're listening to them, if they sound interesting, because these were the ones that we kind of took away from this awesome list that I happen to come across. So the first one is attending medicine, mindfulness, and humanity. And it's written by Ronald Epstein. And he um, kind of builds on different programs in a mindful practice. So I know mindfulness is really big, um, at least it is in my school right now. And he uses it to kind of um, dig into different clinical stories to give patients the language to describe what they value most in healthcare. So this would be good for those of you that are in hospitals or skilled nursing facilities, kind of the opposite end of um, a school. And it kind of helps them outline a roadmap for doctors and other healthcare professions to refocus their approach on medicine, which I thought was a really interesting take. So I'm pretty sure this is on my bookshelf, but only because of my fiance, who I'm pretty sure has this and mm-hmm. I have to double check, but I want to say he might've worked with the author too, which is why he has it yeah. or like pa- cross paths with him at some point in life. Um, but I think this is the book that he was talking about. Cause as you were describing it, I, it sounded familiar. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's so important, especially if you're in the medical setting, I want to read it. That sounds amazing. It sounds like something that everyone should read. Yeah. Um, the next one is my stroke of insight by Dr. Jill Bolt Taylor. This is awesome as well. I listened to this on audible, uh, some books I feel like just flow better that way. And I felt mm-hmm. like this one did, I think again, because it's more informative based as opposed to fiction. Um, but this is from a brain scientist firsthand, a brain scientist had a stroke and she talks about how she basically like learned to rebuild her cognitive abilities. And again, it's from her perspective. So it's just so interesting. And she talks about her journey from start to where she is now. And again, it's just, it's very cool. Very interesting. That sounds interesting. Um, the next, which I have seen recommended numerous places, I also have not read it, is called The Glass Castle. Um, and it shows you that you really have no idea what your students are going through at home and that it's your job every day to show up for them, to help them develop a voice, confidence, and understand that someone believes in them because you have no clue what they face every single day when they leave the you know, walls of your school. 
I think this one too is even on like the Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. list or whatever that people always look at. Cause yeah. I've seen this one pop up a ton too on recommendations and I still have not read it. So I definitely need to. Yeah. The next is Love Anthony um, by Lisa Genova. And this is about a boy with autism. Um, And I have not read, so I read another book by her that I'm actually going to talk about later. So this has been on my list for a while, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's from the perspective of the mom. And I, at least from reading the, I'm not going to give away a ton, but from reading it, it sounds kind of sad. So prepare yourself, Mm -hmm. but it is from the perspective of the mom and about her child with autism. And I think it more so follows her life. Um, and how she kind of coped and, mm-hmm. um, how it influenced her life and herself as an individual. That sounds kind of similar to the next one, which is called Schuler's monster. And that's written by Robert Rummel Hudson. Mm-hmm. And it's actually written from the parent's perspective of his daughter who uses an AAC device. Mm-hmm. She has an extremely rare neurological disorder, Um, who, you know, that causes the fact that she needs to use an AAC. Um, But it sounds similar where it's probably a heavier read. Yes, definitely. I think a lot of times from the parent's perspective, it is because you see both sides of it and you see kind of the loved ones being affected from it. Uh, The next is Paper Boy by Vince Vauder. This is a great read. It's a quick read. I remember remember seeing it and being like, oh, because like the words are bigger and it's just like, it's pretty easy to get through. So Mm -hmm. this is something if you want just like a quick book, Um, but it's about a boy who stutters and he takes over this paper route and he has all these new speaking experiences and meets all these cool neighbors and it's just really cute. And this is going on my it list. Should. It's really good. And like I said, it's an easy read. It's not like a big book. It doesn't, it's not a huge time commitment book for sure. I think it's, I think it's even considered, um, like a teen, like you would find it in the teen section oh, yeah. of the library. Um, so it is shorter and it's an easy read. And then another one, one of my all-time favorite books of all time is Ghost Boy by Martin Pistroios. Um, I know he's not from the United States, but um, that's why his his last name, it, I wish I knew the, the um, demographics of him, but I, I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure. But anyway, um, so good. I literally can't recommend this one enough. It's probably one of my all-time favorite books. It's based on a true story. And this is about a man who became ill when he was really young. I want to say he was um, like seven or eight or something when he got sick. So he was regular developing boy. He got sick and he became completely paralyzed. So from his body, he stopped talking um, and he went into a home after his parents just couldn't look out for him anymore. After he became an adult, he went into a home and an SLP introduced a computer AAC system to him. So everyone had kind of completely given up on him. And this SLP came in and introduced the system to him and he was able to regain his ability to communicate. And he's I can't, I don't want to give away the end. Rachel already saw I it. I just I'm read sorry. the end and I have tears in my eyes. I'm sorry. I like wrote this really quick. I shouldn't have, I'm not going to give away the end, but it's so good, you guys. And it's based on a true story and it's just, it's wonderful. If you haven't read it yet, please do. Okay. So haven't good. read it. Haven't even heard of it until just so now. Good. Highly recommend it based on what I I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay. I'm just excited. You still to should read, read it, it though. It's still good. And yes. honestly, you'll know the ending when you get the book because 
there's, it's one of those books that has pictures like in the middle of it. Oh yeah. So like when you flip through, I like saw the pictures and I was like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. So you'll, you'll know what happens just based on what you see. <laughs> I love that kind of took my breath away. That oh, I, was I know it's beautiful. It's great. Um, okay. The next one is called rules by Cynthia Lord. And this is a fiction novel, but written like it's realistic. And, um, the author describes a young teen living with her autistic brother and the struggles that she faces, um, while she's trying to have an adventurous summer with a new friend and kind of having to deal with the stigma that is attached to her brother. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I've heard of that, but I can't recall where. That's interesting though. Yeah. Um, the next one is House Rules by Jodi Picoult. And I don't know if you, Rachel, have ever heard of this. I read this a while ago. It came out like before um, kind of all of this autism acceptance and mm -hmm. neurodiversity kind of came about. So I do want to talk about this with the caveat of it's possible it may be a little outdated mm -hmm. with the way that it talks about autism. So I just want to throw that out there. However, it's a beautiful story. And you know how Jodi Picoult writes. It's always she's about someone. Fantastic she, right, writer. She's fantastic. And it's always, I feel like about something with law and like someone who mm -hmm. has to testify. So it is about an autistic boy who has to testify in court. And so it's just really interesting. And, um, again, I'm not sure I haven't read it recently. I read it a while ago and I felt, I feel like I saw somewhere, somebody that didn't like the way it was written because of it mm. being a little bit, again, outdated with what we talk about now about autism. So just have that warning, but it is really good. I remember loving it. Um, side note, Jodi Picoult books are amazing. And if so you good. want a good read that has truly nothing to do with <laughs> A speech language pathology 19 minutes is fantastic yes that was the first one I ever read of hers yes. actually so good I mean I all could, of all of hers are amazing yeah I was just gonna say I could spiral with the yeah for the sure <laughs> conversation okay the next one which I'm sure everyone has at least heard of because it boomed when it came out um educated by Tara Westover mm -hmm. and it's a memoir uh by Tara Westover and she talks about her kind of overcoming her survivalist Mormon family in order to go to college. And it really emphasizes the importance of education and how it kind of enlarged her world from what she thought it had to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a highly recommended one too. I remember seeing it on a lot of lists. Yeah. Uh, the next one on my list is just Alice, which is also incredible. Um, just Alice is also a movie, which I have never even watched because I was so obsessed with the book that I didn't want it to ruin it for me. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. movies ruin it for you. Right. Yeah. Um, and I didn't love the actress in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch it. So I don't know how the movie is, but the book is awesome. It's a firsthand perspective of a woman with advancing Alzheimer's. So she is writing like a diary as soon as she starts realizing what's happening and when she gets diagnosed. And so it's all, it's like a journal basically of her, but it's a story at the same time. She like tells the story. Um, and it is like, Oh, it's very moving. I, I read it on my way, um, to, well, my way, there my way back from Europe and I finished it because the flight is so long, but yeah. I read it very quickly because it it's really, really good. And it looks like that was the same author as yes. the one above the love Anthony. Yes. One. Yep. I know I've heard of that as a movie. I did not know mm -hmm. it was a book. Yeah. The book is, is really good. Definitely nice. read the book first. 
Um, the next one is Carly's Voice by Arthur Fletchman. Hopefully I said that correctly. And um, the synopsis of this is at the age of two, Carly was diagnosed with severe autism and an oral motor condition that prevented her from speaking. Doctors predicted that she would never intellectually develop beyond the abilities of a small child. And she remained largely unreachable through the years. And then at the age of 10, she had a breakthrough. And that's all I'm going to leave you with because I read the rest of the synopsis. There's a couple spoilers in there, but mm-hmm. it's really good. It sounds super engaging. That sounds like something similar to Ghost Boy, like from yeah. these perspectives of individuals that you think aren't there. And then actually they are. That just like is so crazy to me. And mm-hmm. I think it's something we need to keep in the back of our minds sometimes is that, okay, just because the individual isn't speaking doesn't mean they're not understanding everything single thing that you're telling them and it doesn't mean they're not smart um because there's been a few books out there that talk about that and I just I think it's so so interesting it's crazy Mm -hmm. the next one is Diving Bell and the Butterfly by Jean Dominique Bobby uh this is another one I read a while ago and actually it's funny my fiance just read it too because Mm. it's recommended um it was recommended when he was working in the ICU because it's about a man who suffered a stroke And he woke up and had to relearn how to walk and talk. And it talks about his perspective, like while he's in the hospital working with the medical personnel. Mm -hmm. So it is a good one if you're working in medical. Also, if you work with adults, it's just, again, a really good firsthand perspective um, from somebody who did experience this kind of injury. That reminds me, I know there's a book out there and I don't know the title. So hopefully I'll be able to find it and post it on our um, story or something. But there is a very similar story, but it's an SLP who suffered. I think it was a traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. And she kind of goes through the steps of relearning the talking process. So interesting. I think the firsthand perspectives, they blow my mind. Mm -hmm. Like they're my favorite type to read about. It's so interesting. Um, All right. The last one that I have for you guys is how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. And it's by Adele Faber and Elaine Maslish. And this is a really good book, I would say, for parents and for, um, I guess, SLPs that work kind of with the pediatric population. And it just includes a lot of different insights and suggestions on ways to solve common problems and really build that foundation for a lasting relationship, whichever it may be, parent to child or um, speech therapist to child that talks about like engaging your child's cooperation and setting firm limits and maintaining goodwill, different things like that, how to resolve family conflict conflicts peacefully, which I feel like is so helpful for the parent that may be overwhelmed with parenting in general. And then on top of that, their child has a language deficit or is autistic or whatever it may be. So highly suggest that one. Yeah. That sounds like a really important read for any parents for sure. The last one we have is wonder by RJ Palacio Palacio and Rachel, did you read or watch the movie? Um, I read parts and I watched the movie. Okay. Cause the movie's super, super cute. Mm-hmm. I cried. Like it's, it's yeah. 
wonderful. I don't know yeah. what it's on. I want to say like Hulu or HBO or something. something I, yeah. I know it's, it's free. You guys, if you have a subscription, yeah. but I think you can find it on one of those subscription sites, but, um, I never read the book. However, like we've been saying, the book is always better than the movie. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the movie yet, I would read the book. Um, but it's great for children also to watch and read because it's really about a child who has a very significant difference and kind of their experiences and their friends' experiences with them. But it's great for children, again, to learn about differences and acceptance and um just really, really great exposure for them. I think. Yeah. Our fifth graders read it yeah. and I usually help in with a book study, which I really like. So fun. Um, actually, I think the year that we started, it was the year that it was in theaters and they were able okay, to yeah. like field trip and go watch it. Fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all we have for you guys. If you, like Rachel said, if you guys have any that you want to Uh, recommend to us we'll definitely post them on our stories and make sure we tag you guys so just please let us know and also let us know if you read any of these and what you think for sure and I was thinking it would be fun maybe in the fall or something because I feel like fall is a good time to do like a book club situation we could post a couple vote on it and then do like a let's taco book club on one of these books oh my gosh so fun I love that idea that'd be awesome let us know if you guys would be interested in that I'm gonna do it that's so fun for sure I already have quite the list that I right it's gonna be hard to dare them down (laughs) for sure all right guys hope you enjoyed it when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode. Thank you again so much for joining us. And as always, you can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech. And if you or anyone you know is in need of speech therapy in Southeast Michigan, feel free to email me at speechissupersweet at gmail.com. And you can also follow the Let's Talk About Speech podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you give those a like and a follow. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or my Facebook page, Kindly Speech LLC. And if anyone in the Ohio area is in need of speech teletherapy, please contact me, kindlyspeechllc at gmail.com. Rachel and I also have an email for the podcast that you can email us with suggestions or if you or someone you know wants to be on the podcast, that's let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.